story an inspiration to the guys in Mod 7, but it's an inspiration to every single one of us uh, that are listening today. My name is Jeff, one of the pastors here at Brookside, and we are so glad that you were able uh, to join us today. You know, we know that we've got people that are literally watching from all over our city, all over the city, but also all over the country and literally all over the world. I want to just read a few of these places to you and just welcome some of these people back this morning. I want to welcome back Jason in Atlanta, uh, uh, Chisato in Japan, Chris and his family in Gretna, Debbie and Brian in Colorado, the Sorensons in New York, Claudia in Texas, uh, Sifa in Ghana, Kim in Bellevue, Connor in Okinawa this morning, to, and uh, all of our friends that are watching today in Zambia. We are so glad that you could join us today. Um, you know, what we get to celebrate today is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today we get to celebrate the most life-impacting, the most life-changing event that ever happened in human history. It's an event that cemented in the minds of people that Jesus was different. It's an event that cemented in their minds, and many of them would even go on to actually be so associated with Jesus that they would give up their lives for him because they believed so deeply, because they saw him post-resurrection. And they knew for a fact that this Jesus, not only was he beaten, and not only was he scourged, and not only did he go to a Roman cross, and not only did he die on that cross, but then he was put in a tomb, and then that tomb was found to be empty, and as a result of it, Jesus cemented in the minds of everyone that he was divine, that he wasn't like any other teacher, that he wasn't like any other prophet, nor was he like any other king or any leader of that day or for any day to come. But Jesus was different. And it's cemented in their minds, and it's why we get to celebrate today, because it's, it's cemented in our minds that we realize that, Jesus, you are worthy of our worship. That, Jesus, you are the one that all of mankind can come before today and say, Jesus, we want to bow down before you because you proved that you're divine. This event, it literally changed everything. And you know, the thing that I love maybe the most about the resurrection story, this historical event, what I love the most about it is that the impact that it had when it happened is the same impact that it has on humanity yet today. And so for us today, this event changes everything. You know, this uh, Sunday as we celebrate Easter and as we talk about victory it's really a, a fun time for us because we're in a time in our world where we need to talk about good news. And you can't talk about Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ without celebrating and without talking about a whole lot of good news. We're in a time, and it doesn't matter where you're living in our world, where things are just different. Easter looks different. So many of you, you woke up today and you thought about last year. And honestly, maybe it kind of bummed you out. So many of you, maybe like me this week, you walked with different people and they had a whole lot of things on their mind like you do likely as well. I talked to one person this last week that they said, I came as close as I've ever come to having a very real panic attack. Some of you who are listening today, you had to walk into the office of your boss or you had to just take the call from them and you had to hear that Though clear back in February, what seems like in the distant past, you were a star employee, now you've been let go. 
You've been put on furlough. And now you're wondering, will you have stable employment? There's this whole group of people that we know, they've gotten some bad news that the whole class of 2020, they're just trying to figure out how to move on. And it's a bummer for where they are. It's hard news that we're hearing. You know, I was outside just working in our driveway, and I was doing a little project, and our youngest son was with me. And, and so we were talking, and he just said to me, he, with kind of this serious look on his face, he just said, hey, Dad, how long is this coronavirus thing going to go on? And I really wanted to tell him something that I knew would just, you know, bring him a whole lot of cheer. But I decided just to give him the most optimistic yet truthful statement that I could. And as I told him kind of what my thoughts were on it, I could tell by the look on his face what I said to him was not good news at all. For some of you, you have someone in your life, and, or maybe it's even you, that is sick. Or maybe you have a family member that is, or a friend, and now they're actually in isolation, and so you are experiencing some hard news. You're wrestling with maybe a level of anxiety that you've never had to wrestle with before. And my hope for you today, regardless of where you find yourself, and I think we all kind of approach this Easter from different angles. Some of us, it's a very, very hard time. For others of us, it's just uncomfortable and it's, it's just very different. But for wherever you approach it today, then my prayer for you is this, is that you would be able to find hope. My prayer for you is that you would be able to walk out and walk away from the time that we've had together today, and you would be reminded that, okay, my best days can actually be ahead. Things are going to be okay. I, I pray that you would have a renewed sense of peace, like a calm about your spirit. I pray that you would be able to walk away, and you'd be able to set your gaze and everything else right on what is ahead, and you would be able to pursue that with a whole lot of even enthusiasm and courage and encouragement. And I believe that you can do that today because of what we're going to talk about, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It can change our entire perspective. And so today, I just want to encourage you with the time that we have would you see this as a gift? And would you allow it to be a time where you really kind of sit back and you go, God, would you speak to me? God, would you have a word just for me? God, would you touch my life? God, would you lead me in a way I didn't even expect this Easter? And so I just want to pray for you. And let's just ask God, would you invite him wherever you are? Would you invite him to speak to you now? So Heavenly Father, we just pray right now and we just want to say first and foremost, God, you are good. Lord, we're reminded today that you are kind. We're reminded today that you are loving, that you are near, that you are not distant, God. We're reminded, Lord, of who you are, and Lord, we celebrate that, and we just want to say now, we want to lean into you. Lord, we need a touch from you today. We celebrate the greatest event that ever happened, and Lord, we pray that it would land so deeply in our hearts today, and Lord, we want to say now, we invite you in. We invite you in, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, when we planned Easter 2020 around here, there was one word that just kept coming to mind. It was this word, victory. I mean, think about what it means to experience a victory. To experience a victory, it, it's a great thing. I mean, if you've ever been able to stand on top of the podium... 
Uh, if you've ever been on the winning team, you practiced all season long, you worked so hard, and you won the coveted trophy. You came home with the medal that you put on your wall. If you've ever had that kind of experience, you know how sweet victory is. It's an incredible thing. My son, our oldest, won a wrestling tournament this last season, and on the way home, I'm telling you, we celebrated the entire way home because victory is just great, and I didn't have, like, victory memories of my wrestling days, and so I was just really entering into his victory, right? Victory, victory is a blast. There's two categories that I want you to think about today as we think about victory and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I first want you to think about this. I want you to think about how because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you and I can have victory right here, right now, life as we know it. But I also want you, and this might be a totally new category for you today, I also want you to think about how we can have victory for all of eternity, forever and ever. And I want to share with you a passage from 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, and if you have a Bible, you can surely turn there with me. We'll also put these verses on the screen that you're watching so that you can just follow along very easily in that way as well. But I want to take you to this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 because the Apostle Paul, he's talking about what's at the heart of Easter. He's talking about everything that we're celebrating today, and what he's going to say to us is this, is that when we talk about, when he refers to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's not as though he's saying, you know, it's just another event in the storyline of the Bible. No. When the Apostle Paul talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he said it is of first importance. And I don't know about you, but when The person who God used to write a whole lot, a significant chunk of the New Testament says, this is of first importance, I'm listening, I'm cued in to what he's about to say. But the Apostle Paul, he just wanted to know, when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it is the most important thing. On the list of things that are important, this one's at the very top. It is of first importance. And so I want to take you to this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here's what's happening. The Apostle Paul, he's talking to a group of people that he cares deeply about. And so imagine him that he's writing to them with some emotion. He's writing to them because he cares deeply for them. And so he says this to them. He says, now brothers and sisters, and so right away we know this, that the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of people who know Jesus. They understand his life. They understand that he was a a perfect man, that he was betrayed, that he was crucified, that he died for our sins. They understand that. He says, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you have received and and on which you have taken your stand. Verse 2, by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I have received I passed on to you, here it is, as of first importance. Again, he's wanting them to know, hey, what I'm about to say, it is the most important thing on the list of important things. Here it is. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now I'll just speak for myself. I am a sinner who is in need of the grace of God. I look at my past and there are things that I just wish I could redo. I have sin in my past. I have sin in my present. 
And I would imagine that most of you can relate to that. And it says here, this is such good news, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 4, it says, then he was buried. So think about that. He was beaten, he was scourged, he was put on a Roman cross, and then he was buried in a tomb. People that were closest to Jesus, what did they do? They mourned his death. When they saw him pass and when they saw him be laid in the tomb, it caused them such grief. The Apostle Paul says this then, this is of first importance, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. That event, everyone, that's Easter. And it literally changes everything. And then it says this, that after he rose from the grave, he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then he appeared to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. So there was no mistaking that Jesus rose from the grave. And then he says this about those people that saw him. He said, most of whom are still living. It's as though the Apostle Paul was saying, you can fact check it if you want. You should go and talk to these people. If you're doubting whether Jesus really rose from the grave, go and talk to these folks. And then he says, though some have fallen asleep, some have passed. Verse 7, then he appeared to James. Then Jesus appeared to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also. Paul, right there at the end there, he's referring to himself. I want to take you back. I just want to refer to this. I want to take you back to Acts chapter 9. Because in Acts chapter 9, we get to hear Paul's story. Because what happened to the apostle Paul was this, when he saw the resurrected Jesus Christ, it completely changed his life. And the apostle Paul began to have victory in that first category, the here and the now, life as you and I know it right here. And as the Apostle Paul began to have victory in that area of his life, when he encountered the risen Jesus, it changed everything for him. The Apostle Paul went from being the most anti-Christian person there was, totally against the things of God. He was a skeptic. He was an opponent of Christianity. But when God had a victory in his life, he became a champion for the message of the gospel. He became a champion for the mission of the church. Speaking of his own experience, he said this in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. He says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In other words, Paul is saying that there was a way that I used to be. This is my old self. But then he says, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, he says, we too may live a new life. That's in the here. That's in the right now. So do you see what he's saying? The Apostle Paul is saying that, that when I encounter Jesus Christ, and when you encounter Jesus Christ, it changes the here and the now. It changes things for us. You know, many people, and this is hard to watch. Maybe this is your story. Many people walk through their entire life, and they just continue to carry shame and guilt. They continue to carry unforgiveness. They continue to be a person that maybe they know about God, but they will never submit to God. But the Apostle Paul says right here, right now, you don't have to live that way. 
The Apostle Paul says, no, no, no. When you encounter Jesus, when you accept his victory, it can change you right here, right now. Shame and guilt, those two gifts that keep on giving, you know what I mean? You don't have to live with that. You don't have to carry the baggage of unforgiveness. You don't have to be a person that lives with resentment and regret. The Apostle Paul says, the victory of Jesus Christ because of the resurrection, it can change the here and now. Now I want to take you back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at this. I want us to fast forward clear to the end of the chapter because here we find this language, this word victory that the Apostle Paul used to describe when Jesus shows up in the scene. He says this, and notice, I want you to notice how he on-ramps to this word victory. And what he's doing is he's going to describe now how when Jesus Christ, when he enters our lives, it's not just victory in category one, the here and now, but the Apostle Paul is going to tell us now that this victory is actually for all of eternity. Look at verse 53. He says, For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable. When Paul says perishable, what he's talking about is this. He's talking about our bodies. He's talking about how we age and ultimately we decay. Uh, you might even, you know, spoiler alert here, you might be a vibrant 24-year-old, but you're aging. You are decaying as well. And what he's talking about is how our bodies, how we are perishable but then he says this, and the, and the mortal with immortality. And then verse 54, he says, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable. Again, he's pointing to this victory for eternity. And the mortal with immortality. Then the, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And so really at the most basic level, what the Apostle Paul is saying is this, because of Jesus Christ, because of everything that is of first importance, our greatest enemy, death, has been defeated. That's good news. That's Easter good news. Verse 55 says this, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But here it is. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What Paul has just done here is he's laid out the gospel, and what he's saying to us is this, is that because Jesus Christ was raised from the grave, we can stand in victory. Death will not have the last word. And I love how he ends this. Look at verse 58. He says, therefore, and remember, he's writing to these people. He's writing to, hey, brothers and sisters. He's writing to people that understand he's the, the gospel, people that understand the good news. They, they understand Jesus' life. He's writing to people that have embraced him. And what he says to them is this, therefore, in light of all of this, my dear brothers and sisters, he says, I want you to stand firm. Let nothing move you. I don't know about you, but we are living in times that everywhere we look, it's uncertain. But the Apostle Paul says this, and everyone, this is for us today. He says, because of the victory that we can have in Jesus Christ, you and I can stand firm. Let nothing move you. 
the ground that you actually can stand on because of Easter, it is so incredibly solid. He says, let nothing move you. That's some great news. You know, I want you to think about these two categories, victory in the here and now, and then victory for all of eternity. And I want to use this rope as a way to, to illustrate this truth, really, that we see lived out in the scriptures. And I want you to do this. I want you to think of the here and now, this first category, as what's represented here in red. Uh, I want you to think of this red rope, this, this portion here, as the here and now in your life. And so if it, on this end, I want you to think of the day that you were born. And then clear over here, I want you to think about the day that you die. Yet this entire rope is your entire existence. But I, I want you to think about, and maybe you would say this, you're, you're, just a, you're a child. Or maybe you would say you're a teenager or you're a young adult. Or maybe you would say you're a senior adult. What we know, though, is this. This part of our lives, it's getting a whole lot of attention right now, isn't it? You watch the news, and we're getting updates every single day on how this is going around the world. We're getting news, and our government, and rightly so, is pouring a whole lot of money to make sure that hospitals are as well-equipped as they possibly can to make sure that this part of life can go as well as it possibly can. I'm praying prayers for people right now, particularly the people that are the closest to me. I'm praying that God would protect them in this part of their lives. All of us are. This part of our lives is very important. But you know the thing that I love about the scriptures? The scriptures give us this reality that when we get to this point, your life doesn't end. I love it. In the scriptures, what we see is this reality. We see this reality that life goes on, our existence. Think of this as your existence, and it just keeps going, and it goes on and on forever and ever, on and on. And what I love about it is that the scriptures, they, they portray this, they paint this picture to us. You get to the end of your Bible, and we begin to see that the scriptures paint the picture of what this is going to be like if we're living in the victory of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, it paints a picture that is amazing. It's this picture where there's going to be no more pain, there's going to be no more mourning, there's not going to be any of the things actually that we're experiencing a whole lot of right now. It's going to be different, and it's going to be different for all of eternity. You know, when we think about our lives and when we think about the scriptures, what we find to be true is this, there really are two categories. And for many of us, we pay a whole lot of attention to this category, and, and rightly so. But again, the scriptures don't just leave us right here. The scriptures paint this picture that life goes on and on and on for all of eternity. There's a scholar in our day, a, a, a Christian scholar by the name of Dallas Willard, and, and his mom, she died when he was fairly young, but she said this to Dallas's dad as he was about to have to raise Dallas and his siblings. She said to, to his father, she said, Make sure that you keep eternity before the children. And what her point was, was this. She wanted to, her dad, his dad to know this, that you've got to keep eternity before the kids because if eternity is before the children, what will happen to them is this. They'll look at this part of their lives differently because they'll live in light of the fact that their life, that their existence goes on and on and on for all of eternity. You know, the reason right now why everything is so serious in our world 
is because our mortality is on the forefront of many people's minds. And when you and I begin to wrestle with the fact that life is fragile, it changes how we think. Because maybe before any of these events that have happened in the last several weeks, we were very focused on our 401k and we were very focused on getting to this season of our life and what that would look like. Or maybe we were very focused on a sport that we were a big part of or a relationship that we had or our music abilities or our school or whatever, you name it. We were focused here. But now, and I don't think Easter could have come at a better time, now so many people are wisely giving attention to what's after, because you just cannot airbrush our mortality, can you? I love how the scriptures, though, they give us such hope. You know, I remember when I became a Christian at 19 years old, and there were a couple of things that happened to me when that took place, that event in my life. Number one, I began to realize that my life here, I could actually experience victory right here in this section. And I also began to look at the rest of my life differently in light of what it meant to try to walk in victory with Jesus. And it changes, every, it changes everything in such a good way. But I tell you, there were two things that happened. And the second thing that happened when I began to walk in the victory that we can have in Jesus Christ, the second thing was when I began to look at head, when I began to look at all of eternity, all the days that were before me in this rope, it just keeps going and going and going. But when I began to look ahead, it wasn't uncertain anymore. It wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't scary. It was something that was exciting and the reason why it was exciting is because this, the truth of the gospel is that when Jesus Christ, when he changes us, when we put our faith in him, it changes those two categories. It lets us, don't miss this, please, it lets us stand in victory, both right here and now, but then for all of eternity, for all of eternity. Please don't miss this. The Bible says this very clearly. It says that God so loved the world. In other words, that you have a creator and he loved you so entirely much that what did he do? It says that he gave, that he gave, that he sent his one and only son, that whoever, so the most shameful person, the most guilty person, the biggest thief, the greatest liar, the biggest fake, the most arrogant person, whoever, whoever would believe in Jesus Christ, could experience eternal life. Everybody, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you and I can experience victory here and now and for all of eternity. This event is such good news because it allows us to step completely into victory. You know, I want to close this way based on the love of God that he has for you and I, and based on the, the truth of the gospel, I just want to invite you to respond today, to be able to step into victory. And so I'm going to close this way, and so I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to um, ask you to kind of allow me to come into your living room or your office or wherever you're, you're watching from today and 
I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you stand up with me right now? Like, I'm, I'm serious. Would you, would you stand up with me wherever you are? Maybe there's kind of a ringleader in the room, and you can get up. If you're a family, please stand up together. If you're alone, that's okay. Just, just stand up together wherever you are. Would you, would you stand up? And, and here's why I, I think this is important, because sometimes the posture of our bodies actually helps our hearts move. And that's really what the gospel is all about. It's like it's us saying, Lord, I want my heart to be different. Victory takes place at the core of who I am at the heart level. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for us, but my invitation for you today is this. You're standing. I'm just going to invite you to take a, a physical step, a physical step forward as a way of just saying this, physically saying something that I pray that is true in your heart right now, that you're saying, Jesus, I'm taking a step of faith. And I wanted to speak to you on two fronts. On the one hand, it might be a step where you're saying, you know what, I want to be like the Apostle Paul because you know what the Apostle Paul said? When he got to this point in his life, when he met Jesus, do you know what he said? He said, I want more of you. The fact that when Jesus showed up in his life and it changed everything, he said, I don't want to live the rest of my days here and now the way that I have in the past. I don't want to live for just my own comforts. And, And he talked about that. He had prestige, and he had honor, and he had possessions, and I mean, he had a whole lot of things going for him, but he said, after I found you, Jesus, you are the greatest thing that I could possibly live for. And so today for you, if you're a follower of Jesus, the step forward that you might take today on this Easter Sunday is to simply say, Jesus, I want more of you. Jesus, I want more of you. This year... Easter, we will never forget. I declared, I had a moment in my living room, maybe in front of some folks, I don't care, where I said, Jesus, I'm living more for you. I want more of you. I want more of your victory in my life. Or maybe for some of you today, for you that step is to say, this is my first step. I'm taking the step where I'm declaring, Lord, as I've looked at all of eternity I've had questions. I've had uncertainty. I've really not known. My mortality actually frightens me a bit. And I just want you to know that the good news of the gospel, the good news of the victory that we celebrate on Easter is simply this. You don't have to have uncertainty. And by just in your own heart declaring, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin. I believe I'm a sinner, and one day I'll stand before a holy God. But today I say, in light of who you are, Jesus, I need you. And so I believe that you died for me. And so I put my faith in what you've done, not what I could do. I don't want to have to be dependent on me. And so, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, and I embrace the fact that in you I have victory here, and I have victory for all of eternity. Let me pray for us. So Lord, right now in this moment, I'll go first, everybody. I'm gonna take my step. Wherever you are, maybe you take your step as a way of saying right now in this first category where you just say, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. Jesus, I wanna look back a year from now and be able to say, God, I tasted that you were good and I pursued you harder. This season, this tough season that we're all in, God, it drew me to you and I began to experience more and more victory in you. And then for others today, 
right now, would you just take a step forward? Would you take that step right now? And you're simply saying this, for all of eternity, for the here and now, I step into victory. And maybe it's victory for the very first time. And simply what you're saying is this, Jesus, and you can just say this in your own heart, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Jesus, I believe that you rose. You proved that you were God. And I believe that I can walk in victory both now and forevermore. Jesus, we love you. And Lord, thank you that we can walk in victory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen and amen.